What does it mean to be rich? Maybe it's less about reaching a magic number and more about discovering the magic in life. At Edward Jones, our dedicated financial advisors are the people you can count on for financial strategies that help support a life you love. Because the key to being rich is knowing what counts. Learn more about our comprehensive approach to planning at edwardjones.com slash findyourrich. Edward Jones, member SIPC. Intel ramping up its battle with NVIDIA today by backing what could be the biggest IPO this year. That is the focus of today's Tech Check with Deirdre Bosa. Morning, D. Carl and Sarah, latest developments that could get Masayoshi's son closer to that blockbuster arm IPO that he has been hoping for and been so focused on. Now, one, the semi-space continues to be on fire this year thanks to the generative AI hype cycle. Two, Intel as a potential anchor investor. Reports this morning say that Intel is in talks with SoftBank to be a strategic investor to anchor the listing. Masasan could then go to other investors and say, hey, look, a rival is invested in ARM's success. For Intel itself, this is interesting, too. After a decade of decline, it's losing business to huge customers like Apple, seeing delays in next-generation chips, losing market share to AMD, cutting its dividend earlier this year. So part of Pat Gelsinger's big turnaround plan is building a foundry business. That is the actual manufacturing of chips, not the design. So while it could continue to struggle to develop, to sell its own processors to big tech like Apple, it could partner with ARM on the back end, helping to manufacture those chips that Apple, Google, Meta, Amazon, and others are developing in-house with the help of ARM's cutting-edge design and licensing IP. It's a lot to follow, but in a convoluted way, Intel could continue to work with the most important tech companies through ARM in a different capacity, making its participation in an anchor invest as an anchor investor an interesting strategic move. The key question, though, is how would Intel investors feel about this. Arm is expected to raise as much as $10 billion in a listing, and that is significantly more than the total amount raised in all of IPOs, the entire IPO market this year. So being an anchor investor, that would require a significant investment by Intel and coming after it cut its dividend earlier this year. It could be seen two ways. One, it could be seen as getting in at the peak if this generative AI hype cycle does not prove sustainable, it doesn't last. Or if there is further room to run, it could be a positive. Intel could be getting into what's known as the Switzerland of chips. It occupies a very strategic place um, just as it is hitting public markets and as chip interest grows amid this hype. So all of that, guys, depends on how much the market will value ARM when it does debut. Early indications, though, Intel investors not upset about this. The stock is up nearly 2% today. Could have gone the other way. What, what do you hear about valuation for ARM, Deirdre? So ARM is reportedly looking at a valuation of somewhere between $30 billion and $70 billion. That has been reports. But let's say you take the 10 biggest members of the SOX ETF, that is the benchmark semi-ETF, they trade at an average of 20 times times 20, 20 times 2023 revenue. So that would imply an ARM enterprise value of $30 billion. That's pretty good. But Intel trades a lot higher than that. So it's all about how ARM can sell itself. As I said, occupies a very unique space that helps the mega caps design their own chips in-house. And that is what Masasan, of course, has been concerning himself with. Remember, guys, he stepped back from the day-to-day operations, the earnings call for SoftBank, because he needs to get this IPO out. It needs to be a success for him and SoftBank.
It's interesting on the Intel front just to think about how the street's having to reframe them as a foundry that might compete with Taiwan Semi, now as a source of capital for the industry. I'd be curious to see uh, at what point management starts to communicate that new framework. Yeah, and remember a few weeks ago, Carl, we brought you the story on Tech Check about how even Jensen Huang himself, the NVIDIA CEO, the man of the moment, was in Taiwan, and he had this tiny little shout-out for Intel's foundry business. He said that the chips were good, and that was sort of a real piece of positive news for Pat Gelsinger in this business that many have been so skeptical about. It is not easy to build this foundry business. As you mentioned, TSMC and Samsung, they dominate but geopolitical reasons and tensions are bringing that back home. It is a steep hill up, however. So um, this it, it makes sense to be a strategic investor in ARM that's going to be building a lot of the next, or designing, I should say, designing a lot of the next generation chips. Big investors might now be looking to the private markets for a tech comeback. Earlier this week, CalPERS set out plans to push into venture capital as part of its private equity portfolio. Deidre Bosa joins us now with a special guest for today's Tech Check. Deidre. Tyler, thank you very much. And I am pleased to have Chris Aylman, Chief Investment Officer of CalSTRS, second largest public pension fund in the country, join me. Chris, it's great to talk to you again. Um, you just heard what Tyler said, CalPERS, as I'm sure you know, increasing its allocation to venture. What is CalSTRS and how are you thinking about it as an investment class at the moment? You know, Deirdre, we're staying as a steady investor in venture capital and in private equity. Both we and CalPERS, sadly, I would say, being in California, right next to Silicon Valley, we're both mm -hmm. underweight venture capital, and it has a lot to do with our sheer size. But then the disclosure laws in California, a lot of the VCs would rather mm -hmm. take their other money. I think it's a great move for them. Uh, they've been behind the curve in private equity. They haven't done a lot of investing in the last decade. Uh, believe me, I like to throw rocks at them, but it is my pension plan, <laughs> oddly enough. It's just down the river. Uh, but, you know, I think we've been a steady state investor in private equity through the decade. They were in and out. Uh, for us, we're actually 15, uh, almost 16 percent in private equity. So yeah. pretty comfortable where we're at right now. Right. And CalPERS called it a lost decade. And you just said that you guys perhaps underallocated as well. Is it too late? I mean, we've just seen a decade plus of this boom in VC and the startup world in an era of low interest rates, we're in a very different one, it looks like, for the next upcoming years. So how can you capitalize it, you guys as well, in your allocation and CalPERS if this sort of moment is subdued? Well, what I'm saying is that at our sheer size, $300 billion for us, $500 billion or something like that for them, it's just hard to put a lot of money to work in venture capital. And literally, our disclosure rules, uh -huh. a lot of the VCs throw us out. Uh, they'd rather take money from the sovereign wealth funds. So even if we'd liked venture capital in this area, and it's, it, you know, it is part of our portfolio, it, I would say U.S. venture is the most interesting area I know. Their uh, private equity guy mentioned going into non-U.S. Uh, VC. We found those markets kind of challenging. The dollar has been so strong. I, you know, the innovation is here in the USA. So still an opportunity, but not something we're going to be able to overweight just because of our size or them. Chris, uh, it, they have just been out of that market. It's Tyler here. You've mentioned a couple of times the idea that the that the VCs uh, kind of don't want your money. They'd rather take money from others because of disclosure issues. What specifically uh, are those disclosure issues and why are they so vexing? 
Tyler, you know, it's a great, it's a great example of California wanting to be open and share our portfolio and, and have us provide information. Uh, the San Jose Mercury News was the one pushing on the other side. And so it's very unique to California pensions, not just PERS and STRS, but even the counties. We have to disclose a lot of information about our private equity portfolio. And frankly, in, in Silicon Valley, they love to be private. They don't want to talk to anybody. So, uh, you know, maybe we're sort of the Rodney Dangerfield of the country club. <laughs> they like other people more than they like us. Mm -hmm. So one more question. Uh, if you look at venture capital funds, what is their hit rate? Are they looking to hit on one out of 10 investments they make? Three out yeah, of 10? What is head. it? Yeah, you hit it on the head. One out of 10. No, it's amazing. I, you know, Tyler, you know, I've been in the business a long time. I invent, uh, invested in, in venture way back in the 90s. And I remember a re fund returning over 100%, they said. In the end, the return wasn't there. Uh, it's a very uneven hit rate. And you're right. If they can break even on five of the investments, only lose money on four, but have one out of 10 a, mm -hmm. as a home run, they're going to invest in that area. And, and, and that's what makes it worthwhile. The U.S. is the home to amazing innovation. And Lord knows in the next 20 years, yeah. I care about climate change. We need that rate of innovation and change. Mm -hmm. We'll see what AI is. I, I think Wall Street's overhyped AI, but uh, we'll see where that goes. How so? How is Wall Street overhyped AI? Are you talking about the you megacaps? Uh, th this morning I heard uh, on CNBC that we're talking about the fact that it's, it's all CapEx right now. It's huge CapEx. Last time I checked, and I think Tyler and you and I have talked about this, CapEx is actually not good for EPS. So right mm -hmm. now it's, it's all on hype, which Wall Street well, makes there's, money there's on. Well, there's revenue too, Chris. I mean, take a look at NVIDIA, right? That wasn't just CapEx. I mean, that's actual billions of dollars more than expected coming in the door. And can you not see that path for some of the other names like Microsoft, Google, or who exactly are you referring to? Well, no, I'm, I, you know, they're, they're the, the old adage of they're doing the, the shovels and the picks because NVIDIA is making the chips, which are in high demand. Yeah. But that's part of that CapEx. So we'll see. It's the big names that eventually will make money. Okay. But you, when you have the CFO warning you of Microsoft that they're going to be spending a huge amount of money, I think you ought to listen to that. Doesn't mean so the tech rally is over, but I, I think it's overhyped on AI. Okay, so Chris, as one of the largest pension funds in the country, then how are you thinking about your tech exposure? If you think that this is a big AI bubble, what are you doing? Well, and I wouldn't say bubble. I just think it's overhyped. And I think that tech, uh, I'm concerned. Tyler and I have talked a lot about the fact that we're a passive investor. We hold the entire mm -hmm. market. So I am very concerned at how narrow this market is. 40% of the S&P is actually down on the year. Yeah. This is not exactly feeling like a bull market like we usually see. So we're yeah. cautious in here, and I'm worried that tech is, especially the big tech, is getting ahead of itself. Yeah, the, uh, the so-called Magnificent Seven basically carrying the broader markets. Uh, Chris, great to get your insights. I wish we had more time. Uh, talk to you again soon. Chris Ailman, Chief Thanks, Investment Deirdre. Officer of CalSTRS. Dogs are an important part of our lives, and keeping them protected is a top priority, especially against nasty parasites. That's why you got to check out NextGuard Plus, a Foxaloner, Moxidectin, and Pyrantal chewable tablets. NextGuard Plus chews provide one-and-done monthly protection that kills fleas and ticks, prevents heartworm disease. Plus, it treats and controls roundworms and hookworms. That's a whole lot of protection packed into a delicious beef-flavored, soft chew designed to make monthly dosing easy and enjoyable. So the next time you're at the vet, 
Ask about NextGuard Plus Chews. They're the one-and-done monthly parasite protection you want for your dog. Use with caution in dogs with a history of seizures or neurologic disorders. Dogs should be tested for existing heartworm infection prior to starting a preventive.